Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. This episode is sponsored by Verizon Small Business Digital Ready, a free online curriculum that brings together proven resources and meaningful incentives to support diverse small businesses with an integrated and customized learning plan. Verizon Small Business Digital Ready is committed to help small businesses grow, and that's why the program is completely free, why new courses are regularly added, and why live coaching sessions are available to help users just like you. To find out more about Verizon Small Business Digital Ready and their grant programs, visit verizon.com forward slash digital ready, that's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-R-E-A-D-Y, to learn more and apply. You know, I think my best advice I can give is this, you never lose in business, either you win or you learn. And failing doesn't make you a failure. It means that that day you didn't win but you can live to win next day. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. 
So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Melinda, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's start off with you introducing yourself to the audience in case this is the first time they're interacting with you today. Sure. My name is Melinda Emerson, but I have an alias on the internet. I'm known as the small biz lady and my mission is to end small business failure. I've been an entrepreneur for 23 years. I have been coaching and supporting small business owners for the last 13 years. And I have the distinction of having written over 5,000 articles about how to start and grow a successful small business. My brand, Small Biz Lady, reaches over 3 million entrepreneurs each week online. And I'm a former New York Times columnist, and I'm the best-selling author of a book called Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, which I'm very proud to say has been in print for 11 years. I'm actually on the third edition of the book, and it's published by Simon & Schuster. And I think the reason why my book has resonated with so many people is because I'm not the hero at the end of every story. I tell the truth about a bunch of really expensive lessons that I have had the opportunity to learn and some stupid ones too. So I think people appreciated how transparent I was about, frankly, how hard it is to be successful in business. Yeah, I think we don't get enough of that. And especially in the glamorization times that we are on social media, everybody thinks that you just need to buy a course, read a book, listen to a podcast, and you're going to create a million dollar business in two weeks. And that's not right. really how it works, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, there's there's a bunch of snake oil salesmen out here. I actually did a podcast one time called Beware of New Business Barbie, right? <laughs> It's like they interviewed people for two years and now they're a coach. You know, Mm. it's like, no, no, you cannot get coached by somebody who hasn't been Mm -hmm. where you're trying to go. Oh, I love that. that, And that is that is just the deal. It's like if you haven't been struggling to pay payroll, you don't if you haven't been sued, (laughs) you you really don't know what business is because, (laughs) you know, getting those scary letters in the mail from whoever, Department of Labor, IRS, let's go. I mean, any of that stuff. And you have to know how to manage that. You have to have lawyers and accountants near you who can help you clear that stuff up quickly, right? Yeah. And so you have to have your paperwork in order. You know, you have to do business in a business-like manner. And one of the things that I always tell people is like, look, you can go to jail faster for not paying your payroll taxes than not paying your income taxes because oh, the government okay. does not play with a FICA and social security, right? <laughs> so, so it's, it's pretty serious, but I mean, I love helping people live their dream life as an entrepreneur, but I do think, as you said earlier, there is this, I don't know what it is. I call it fantasies of grandeur out here about what it is to start a business. Mm-hmm. And there's all these people selling lies on the internet about this one course or they they're selling their lifestyle you know standing in front of a a Bentley they borrowed you know what I mean it's like Mm. look that's not what it's about I mean certainly you want to work so that you can live your dream life I think when you get into corporate America they want you 
to, to live, to work. That's what they want you to do. But, but <laughs> when you are an entrepreneur, you have the opportunity to plan your lifestyle, but you also have to plan how you're going to generate the revenue to live that lifestyle. Absolutely. Right? And, I, and I think that's what a lot of people get caught up in. And so I'm here sort of like I'm the cold, hard truth of what it is to start and grow a successful business. But I'm very grateful because I have not had a paycheck job for 23 years. So I can tell you, I am grateful. Let me let me knock on. Yeah, something you have quick. put in that work and it shows. So I would love to dive into your journey as an entrepreneur. Where did you get started? Was this always part of the plan? And what are the businesses that you've had along the way? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I started straight out of college. I went to Virginia Tech undergrad and I have a journalism degree. So I went into TV news right out of school. I mean, I was really fortunate. I got my dream job, my second job out of school. I landed in Market for Television here in Philadelphia, and I was the younger producer in the top five market in the country. I was 23 years old. But the problem with having these big goals that you don't investigate fully is you got to be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. I got my dream job at 23 and by 25, I was like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to be the big story on action news if I don't leave. You know, and I was like, you know, but people were like, you people work their whole careers to get to market for television. I know. And I'm going to give these people their job back. So one of you guys can have the opportunity to try to get it. But it's not for me. It's not for my life. I knew that I was destined to do more. And even when I was in college, I had the germ of an idea to become an entrepreneur because the most famous journalist I ever saw become a business owner was a woman you may have heard of. Her name is Oprah Winfrey, right? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. inspired by Oprah. I mean, a lot of people take inspiration from Oprah, but I have always followed her business career. Like I've always thought that she was a gangster when it came to business and, mm -hmm. and the things that she did. And cause when she first started the Oprah Winfrey show, she was an employee for ABC. <laughs> and then within three years, she was like, you know what? Does this show have my name on it? Wait a minute. You know what I mean? So literally bought an abandoned warehouse in Chicago, turned it into the state of the art studio and the rest is history. And I have always been led by the fact that, you know, the most powerful thing to me about that was that she owned her own creative product. And I thought to myself one day, I'm going to own my own creative product and I don't know what it is. So when I left television at age 26, I started a video production company. I mean, literally I had a laptop, a fax machine in a dream. That's how long ago <laughs> it was. Like people still had fax machines back then. And internet was not in somebody's home. Okay. Right, Let me say right. that too. So I started my business in the basement of my house. I took out a home equity loan and paid off all of my bills. I mean, even the car, I paid everything off. My kid brother moved in with me, became my tenant and paid half of my mortgage and lived in my back bedroom. And I grinded it out, you know, for the first two years. And eventually I won a business plan competition in Philadelphia. They used to have the minority business plan competition. And I won $25,000 in free office space for one year in a business incubator. And that's what really helped my business take off. That's when I went from being 
a solo business to finally being able to have employees and was jamming. And at one point, my my husband was able to leave his full-time job at GE and join the business full-time in 2003. You know, we were one of the fastest growing small businesses in Philadelphia. So Philadelphia has like a, a Inc. 5000 list. It's called the Philly 100 list. And we were like number 29, the Philly 100 list. And so we were jamming, we were rolling, we, you know, we were doing business with corporations all over the country. And then all of a sudden, 2005 hits, I got pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And I never would have thought, you know, as a healthy 32 year old person, that that would be a major impediment to my business. But what I didn't have any idea of is that I ended up with a high risk pregnancy. Oh, they wow. thought my child had a heart condition. They had me up at the hospital every week getting testing done. I mean, it was the most stressful time of my entire life. And I made the one mistake that small business owners make sometimes. I built a business that couldn't run without me. But I had another job I had to do. I had to get my son here, you know? If I hadn't had disability insurance when I first started my business, we would have gone under because my whole family's income was coming out of my business. We had all these employees. We had offices in downtown Philadelphia. I mean, it was like, it was like the music stopped on my, on my carnival, you know? Mm. And I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to get this baby here. And what I realized was I had set up a culture in my business where he had to come ask mama, right? So my team would do anything I asked them to do, but nobody proactively did anything because I had not empowered people. I hadn't hired the right people that could go make decisions without me. And so I realized as I was home for six months and I couldn't really work because again, internet was not in people's houses until 2007 people, right? So I was like just at home with a Palm 3 cell phone, you know, trying to run my life, which probably wasn't running too well. (laughs) Not recommended. (laughs) No, not at all. But what I did in that amount of time was I started making notes. I started thinking it was the first time ever I hadn't woke up in the morning on go, right? It was like, go to the couch because you have another day to rest. Mm. And so I started writing. I started thinking about all the expensive mistakes that I had made in my business. And girl, the list was like, you know, I mean, it was, it was really, really long. But then I started thinking about my friends that were in business and the mistakes that they had made. And I said, okay, you know what? I believe that I would have run my business better had I had better advice. Mm. And so I said, okay, I think I'm going to turn myself into the person that gives advice. So Ah. that was a very accidental business coach, but it came out of honestly, a Mariah Carey meltdown. I mean, it was like (laughs) my business was bad. I had this brand new baby who terrorized me and would not sleep through the night until he was like nine months old. (laughs) All these people say, oh, my baby slept at six weeks. I'm like, no, that was not my experience. And then my marriage was crumbling on top of that. Mm. Right. So I had like, everything was bad everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Lord, you know, what is it that you want me to do? Yeah. And so I really had to kind of get clear about, you know, what was next for me. And I literally started praying and I had a vision and a dream three times to become America's number one small business expert. And it wasn't clear at first, but when it got clear, it was like, okay, this is the plan. Mm. This is what we're doing. And 
I tell you, I don't know if you're a believer or not, but I am truly, I believe God moved every mountain out of my way to make it happen because even how I got my book deal was like this completely ridiculous story. You know, I ended up on the phone one day with a book editor complaining about something completely unrelated to <laughs> any book project. I was looking for this business plan software to help one of my coaching clients. And like, I could not find the software that I had used for my own business anywhere. So I got the 800 number to the company and called him and I was like, what did you guys do with this business plan software? That And they were like, oh, we took it off the market. I was like, well, why did you take it off the market? Oh, well, we wanted to kill that brand because we bought the company and, and that guy doesn't work here anymore. So we didn't want to promote his stuff anymore. And I was just like, but that was like great software. What are you going to do? And the guy said, well, we would only re-release that software if we had a book connected to it. Mm. And I said, oh, well, I got a book. <laughs> and mind you, I had four chapters. I had a book, but we ended up talking. And as it turns out, I had the scraps of a book and he was like, well, who's publishing your book? Maybe we could do a deal with them. And I said, well, I was going to self-publish. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to need you to send me those chapters and your table of contents and a media kit about you. And I'm going to tell you what I think about your little book. And I'll never forget it. Cause I was like, you didn't have to be rude. Like, you know, <laughs> And this was like Thanksgiving of 2007. And I sent it off FedEx to him, girl, you know, and I heard nothing, heard nothing, heard nothing. And all of a sudden, January 4th, 2008, he called me. He said, you know, I like your little book. Do you have any more chapters? <laughs> and I had three other ones that they were like real rough. Like nobody had even looked at them. And I was like, cleaned them up and sent them on. And, and then, you know, about two months later, they actually gave me a book deal. And my book was due September 1st, 2008. And so wow. that, that is incredible. Yeah. So that's how that happened. But the story is crazier from there, right? Because, you know, there's more. So my book was due September 1st, 2008. I turned it in on time. I'm a journalism major. Girl, I meet, I meet deadlines, <laughs> you know. So I, I turned it in and then the market crashed like mm. September 14th. So then about two weeks later, my publisher called me up and said, listen, thank you so much for being a first time author that like actually turned your book in on time. Well, we don't think all these people losing their jobs are thinking about entrepreneurship at all. So we're going to shelf your book oh, wow. and we're going to release it in a more favorable book environment. <laughs> yes. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, it's a favorable book environment. And they said, yeah, well, we're going to shelf your book until March of 2010. 2010. Oh my God. They shelved my book for 18 months. Wow. And I was like, holy macaroni, Batman, what are we going to do? Cause it, cause at this point I had like wound down my production company thinking I'm about to be a keynote speaker. I'm about to be America's number. You know, I'm, I'm going to go speak to the people. I'm going to teach the people how to start a business. Well, that is not what happened. Wow. That's not what happened. But a friend of mine in the National Speakers Association said to me, look, she said, if I were you, I would start publicizing that book like it's coming out anyway. And as a matter of fact, I would start figuring out this new social media thing because I think it's going to be the next big thing in marketing. Now, remember, we're having this conversation in the fall of 2008. Yeah. Twitter was one years old. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was not friend me, follow me. It, it wasn't that, you know, and I remember someone introduced me to a woman who ended up becoming my publicist. And she was like, you mean to tell me we got 18 months to build your author platform? And you got to realize even back then, people didn't use those two words together. Mm -hmm. What is an author platform? What is that? Right. Yeah. 
And so she said, I know what we're going to do. I was like, what are we going to do? And she said, we're going to go out on Twitter and build your brand. And I remember thinking, what is Twitter? <laughs> like, I literally, I didn't know what she was talking about. And lo and behold, that's exactly what we did. And when we first got to Twitter, my name, Melinda Emerson, was taken. Oh, wow. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've met six adult Melindas in my life, like, <laughs> that are my age or older than me. Six. And none <laughs> of them with the last name ever. Like, I was just like, what do you mean? So I literally was like, what are we going to do? I don't want to be Melinda underscore Emerson <laughs> or Melinda Emerson one. I don't want to be any of that. Yeah. So for me, she was like, well, let's come up with a nickname for you. And I was like, a nickname? You mean like Mindy or Melly Mel or something? <laughs> and she said, no, fool, you're not a rapper. I'm not going to give you a nickname like that. <laughs> she was like, we got to come up with a nickname that tells people who you are, what you do. And I was like, okay, well, like what? You know, and she's like, well, how about Small Biz Guru? I was like, mm -mm, nah. She's like, how about Small Biz Expert? That's great keywords. I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, not feeling it. Then she said, how about Small Biz Lady? And I was Dang like, <laughs> I was like, I could be her. All right, let's be Small Biz Lady. Well, right. So here right. we are 13 years later. That was the best branding accident that ever happened. I wish I could tell you we spent millions of dollars. We focus group tested. No, we were on the phone, the two of us. And we Just came brainstorming. up with Small Biz Lady. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but, that, but that's what small business is, right? You got to roll with the punches because the punches do come. Mm. And, that, and that's the thing. And I think when the pandemic happened... I think it just caught so many people flat-footed. Yeah, it really I think did. it reminds me a lot of what you were talking about in the sense of just like, can't, you can't even anticipate the things that are going to happen, right? And so the ability to be nimble, I think, as a business owner is such a valuable thing. And I think you demonstrated through your story that that's kind of an inherent gift that you have. So what's your advice for you know small business owners who are still recovering? from the impact of COVID? Because I mean, I, I don't think anybody could have anticipated this. No, I completely agree with you. And, and what I think is that I believe that it is important for us to realize that there's lots of resources out here now. There's still people out here doing grants. I mean, they're smaller than they were, but there's still resources and things out here. And one of the my favorite ones that I've been exposed to and have actually partnered with is the Verizon Small Business Digital Ready platform. And I have the honor of having four or five courses on the platform. But in addition to that, not only are they providing 30 courses and a lot of them driven around online marketing and digital marketing skills, but they're also offering mentoring and live office hours with experts like me. And if you participate in two courses or two mentoring sessions, you have the opportunity to apply for a $10,000 grant. And I said grant with a G. That means you do not have to pay it back. And it's really amazing because they Verizon has actually made a commitment to fund $1 million worth of grants this year. 
Wow. So, and there's a, there's our current bunch of grants going on right now. So if you actually get on the, the verizon.com forward slash digital ready platform and you participate in two classes, you can sign up like right now until June 30th for a $10,000 grant. Can you say free money? All right. You know, so for me, but what I love is the topics of the courses. You know, they're getting into the nitty gritty with people. They're teaching people how to build an online community, how to get started and really understand your customer buyer journey, how to get started with email marketing. Like these are the courses that I've done, but there's so many more on the platform. And this sort of like 101 content and 102 content. I mean, there's lots of stuff out here. I don't know that all of it is high quality, but I can tell you, because I'm the small business lady, I kind of see everybody's stuff. You know, Verizon spent the money. I mean, this stuff looks really good. It's succinct. And all of the courses are like snackable, right? So they're like 30 to 35 minutes. You know, if you can spare an hour on the weekend, knock out two courses. Like it's not even that serious. But don't stop there. Keep going, right? You, you, If there's something you don't understand that you're struggling with in your business, they got a class for it. So just go on the platform and see what they have to offer. The mentoring sessions, the group coaching sessions, the one-on-one live Q and A's and the grants. Come on. Like I, yeah. I think, I think it's a winner all day. I think we can both agree that we wish we had these resources when we were first starting out. Cause it probably would have saved us from a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Girl, I think about it. I shudder to think about it, right? I mean, (laughs) I think today's entrepreneurs are so fortunate because number one, all of the technology has become so much more affordable. And I remember when you had to have your own server and all this business (laughs) to even, you know, use the internet in your office. I mean, I think the fact that you've got all these really, you know, low cost subscription based pieces of software that you can just use as you need to cut them off if you don't need them anymore. You know, it just makes getting up and running in business that much faster. But the thing you got to realize, just like you got up and running in hours, your competitor can get up and running in hours too and can steal all the copy off your website to do it. So you've got to make sure that there's something about your business that is not easily duplicatable by the competition. Hmm. That is really, really critically important. Yeah, I think that's an important point that you make because I think what stops a lot of aspiring new entrepreneurs is this idea that the market's already saturated and so I'm not even going to bother. So what would you say to folks that are struggling with how to differentiate themselves in a market? I would say take a trip to DSW Shoe Warehouse. (laughs) How many different types of shoes are in the store? Hundreds, probably thousands. So if there is a shoe for every foot, (laughs) know that there's a customer for every business. I think the biggest thing that people make a mistake with, if there's, I think there's a few things that are very common mistakes, but one of the biggest ones is chasing anybody that you think has money, as opposed to having a specific niche target customer. That's one of the biggest mistakes. But I also think people are not realistic about what their life is going to be like as an entrepreneur. You know, they think they're going to have this extra time to meet the school bus outside, whatever. No, 
your first few years of your business, your business owns you. And <laughs> you got to be really, really clear about that. I also think people don't save enough money before they start a business. Like they start a business and they have a whole bunch of credit card debt or their credit is a mess. It's like, listen, when you start out in business, you are your business's credit. So please don't get it twisted about, you know, thinking that you've got all this credit card debt and that's okay. It's not, you've got to get debt free. And I'm not saying your mortgage has to be paid off or your student loans, but I'm saying everything else does. And mm -hmm. so you've got to make sure that your money is straight, that your credit is straight. You also want to think about online marketing. I mean, online marketing has become complicated. Yeah. Not only do you have to know SEO. You got to have a great website. You got to have a content strategy. I don't care if you're a product-based business or a service business, you better have some content because that's how you're going to draw the people in. Then you got to understand how to stand out, whether you're selling on a marketplace or like Amazon, Etsy, eBay, or selling from your own website. And then you got to know how to buy ads. Mm. You got to know how to use email because the first time somebody sees your offer, they're not likely to buy. You got to nurture that relationship. How are you going to do that? Email marketing, nurture sequences, right? And this stuff is complicated. You speak, you need a website, you need a clear phone number, right? You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, it's way more than that. And yep. so you've got to understand, even if you're going to sell on Amazon, you got to buy ads on Amazon. And you know what that's going to cost you? Three to four more percent per product. That's what that equates to. So you're already going to give them 15%. <laughs> then you're going to give them another three to four for the ads you're going to have to buy to bring eyeballs to your product. Mm -hmm. But once you figure out that magic formula, baby, you can make it rain. And that's what we want. We need dollars because if you're not making dollars, that don't make no sense. And that is just, <laughs> that is just what it is. I love that. And it's so true. You know, like we have this information at our fingertips, essentially with Verizon Small Business Digital Ready. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, there's no reason for you not to it's learn free. this stuff. Hello. It's free. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. And you're getting top notch courses, you know, taught by experts such as me. And I, I mean, but there's many, many others. But I will just tell you that they took the time, they did their research, they found out what, you know, people need. And yeah. that's what they built. Yeah. You know, they didn't have people with jobs build this thing. They had small business owners build it for small business owners, which is why it's so good. Verizon has a longstanding commitment to using its resources to support small businesses, especially those owned by women and people of color in underserved areas. Verizon Small Business Digital Ready is a free curated online curriculum that brings together proven resources and meaningful incentives to support diverse small businesses with an integrated and customized learning plan. Offering over 30 courses, coaching, and networking opportunities, the integrated curriculum meets all of small business needs. The program also provides opportunities for financial incentives, including grants now open for applications through June 30th, 2022. Small business owners can go to verizon.com forward slash digital ready to learn more and apply. Yeah. You know, I would say that it's also the... I would say the access to digital entrepreneurship has made it easier. And I say this in air quotes for folks to start, right? Because I think a lot of people still think that you need a ton of capital to start a business. And I would argue that with the advent of the internet, it's almost cheaper than ever, you know, depending obviously on your business model. What do you say to folks who are still battling with like the, what it actually takes financially to start a business? As I said earlier, you've got to have your money straight. 
because the money to start your business is going to come from your right or your left pocket. So it is mm-hmm. really, really important that you have your finances straight. If you are a single person, you should be saving 30 to 40% of every paycheck. If you are married, you guys should be living off of one paycheck and banking the other one. And I don't want you guys to break out in hives because you just heard what I said, <laughs> but it is going to take a lot of money before money starts coming back this way. I mean, the average small business owner, it takes 25000 to get started. Mm. By the time you buy a good laptop computer with that crash and burn warranty, right? The, a new one. By the time you get your website set up, you get all your, you know, your business licenses, business insurance, you get your initial inventory, whatever you're doing. It takes money. You got to hire an accountant. You got to hire a lawyer. You got to get that accountant to set up your QuickBooks. Whatever software you're using, your account, your your chart of accounts has to be set up by an accountant, not by you, right? And so it's really important for you to kind of have your money together because your savings, your credit cards, right? Your personal credit cards is what's going to be about. Unless you are starting a business that has the potential to get investment, Mm. you know, venture capital, angel investment, that kind of stuff. But listen real carefully about that. It takes a minimum of two years to attract that money. So what you going to do in the meantime, you still (laughs) have to run your business. You have to show revenue, right? You know, there's some people that will buy into an idea, but there's a whole lot more people that will buy into a business that has some success. So you've got to figure out, The first 30% in any business, even if it's a business that gets investment, is going to come from you. It's really important. I tell people all the time, people who have savings have options. So you have to save. You have to take your lunch to work. You Listen, drinks are much less expensive if you pour them yourself at home, <laughs> right? And the, those of you out here that have that latte a day habit, knock it off. Make you some tea at home. Make you some coffee at home. Get you a Keurig or what, you know what I mean? Like you've got to look at the ways that you spend money and what you spend money on. And I wish there was an Amazon anonymous you know, because some of y'all into that click and buy, and I'm gonna raise I need my to hand. Be a member. I'm gonna raise my hand and say I'm a I'm a click and buy girl too. But but what I'm saying to you is, I want you to have options, and the more financially secure you are, the more savings you have. If you are somebody who doesn't have to have red bottoms, doesn't have to have a four or five thousand square foot house and two brand new cars and driveway, because somebody like that, they got to keep their jobs because that that's a whole lot of money <laughs> every month on that kind of stuff. So you've got to think about what's important to you, but know that there's a three to four year window of hazing involved. <laughs> I love that word. Yeah, that's that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to be able to take a paycheck and you're going to have to give them out and you're not mm. going to be able to take one. Not consistently. Not until that revenue is like, not yeah. until that recurring revenue or you get those long-term contracts or you get them email, that email marketing right. You get that shopping cart abandonment campaign right. Look, there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to get right for the money to just, you know, but you you have to understand that the deal with business is honestly, it's about figuring out what you don't know about business. And there's a world of stuff you don't know. There's still a world of stuff that I don't know. And I'm a small business lady. I read this stuff. I'm a nerd. I got a whole library around me of books about how to be successful in business, a whole library. So 
I want you to really go into business with your eyes wide open. Go work for a business like the one you want to start so that you can figure out what it really takes to run a restaurant. I don't want you to start a restaurant because you like to eat. Mm. I want you to start a restaurant because you know something about running a restaurant. Or all these corporate people out here who want to buy a franchise. That's great. But if you're not used to manual labor, if you're not used to being the person that locks and unlocks the door every day, 37 days in a row, you're going to hate that. (laughs) And I cannot tell you how many times people have called me their second year in a franchise business wanting to know, do I know a business broker that could help them sell it? Mm. Because they didn't think it through. They used to be some executive and now they running a, you know, ice cream franchise looking (laughs) at themselves going, I hate teenagers. Why am I here? (laughs) What am I doing? Why didn't I think this through? Yes, dear. Why didn't you think it through? (laughs) why did you risk your complete family's financial future on a half-baked idea why did you do that yeah i I think you mentioned entrepreneurship is glamorized to folks and they think that it's going to be instant freedom and you're going to be sipping pina coladas on a hammock somewhere while the money's rolling in and i'm glad to hear (laughs) everybody wants to be a boss everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be a boss until they actually got to be one (laughs) until they actually got to make that hard decision yeah. Or give out paychecks and not take them mm-hmm. or have to give a customer something that's real expensive back because somebody that worked for you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. But the deal is everybody falls down. It's about, are you going to stay down? How are you going to fix it? You can never let a customer down. And that's how it has to be your attitude. Yeah. I'm curious, as someone who's been in the entrepreneurial game for such a long time, how do you think you've evolved as a business owner? You know, it's interesting that you say that because I have one of those like big birthdays coming up this year. So I've actually (laughs) been thinking about this question. And I think I have finally, finally remembered to trust God first Mm. because I used to worry. I used to pace the floor. I used to be like, how are we going to make payroll? I mean, like, I I can't tell you how many times I've given myself almost like a full panic attack (laughs) worrying about something. And it always works out. Like, it Mm -hmm. always works out. I think when I got to, you know, I don't know, 16, 17 years in business, I was like, yeah, check's going to show up. I'm I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. You know what I mean? But literally, I've worn out carpet in my house, worrying needlessly about stuff. Now, let's be clear. Cash flow management is the number one issue. Collections is the number one issue that every small business owner has. But what I will say is that you really have to think about what you're doing. You have to make sure you're communicating. You have to make sure you understand what your vendor's payment terms are You have to make sure that you got all your paperwork in. Don't let it be your problem because you didn't send them the W-9 or whatever, right? So you got to make sure that when you're negotiating the deal, you know how your customer pays. Does your customer pay net 60? Does your customer pay net 90? And then we'll come back around and offer you a discount or you have to offer them a discount to get your money faster. I got some customers that tried that, right? So you really have to understand what it is so that you can manage accordingly. And once your business gets some success, go to the bank and get a line of credit. Like don't stress yourself out 
trying to make all the bills when you once you establish yourself and you have a track record. Now, be careful because a bank is only going to loan you 10 to 15 percent of your gross revenue. So if you're a hundred thousand dollar business, that's ten thousand dollars. That's not really a lot of money. Right. So mm-hmm. we want to wait till maybe you're a quarter million, you know, and then you can go and, you know, maybe get a twenty to fifty thousand dollar line of credit. But you need some cushion because everybody may not pay you on time, especially if you're a service business. So you've got to make sure you're thinking about the money and then you got to make sure you're pricing yourself correctly, that you're actually making some. Right. I want you to put that profit margin in the price. Don't think about it after the fact. I want you to think about when you're pricing, a lot of times people look at, well, what's the competition charging? Okay, let's charge five cents less than them. No, no, no. Let's figure out what your actual costs are. So mm-hmm. if you're selling you're selling this jump drive right here, let's say the raw cost of this jump drive is $4.20. Then let's say you want to make 30% on that. Well, okay, so a 30% margin would be a dollar twenty-six. Okay, so let's add four twenty plus a dollar twenty-six. But wait, wait, wait. What percentage of your overhead and general administrative costs are you putting in here? And what those costs are are things you can't bill to a client, like yeah. your accounting, your legal, your marketing, your administrative VA. You can't build none of that, but you better bill it. You better add it to this. So mm-hmm. let's just say the percentage of overhead GNA you're going to add equates out to $3.36. Okay, so now we have something you have to charge $8.86 for. Then you go look at what the competition's charging. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, are you going to sell that on Amazon? Oh, okay, well, if you're going to sell that on Amazon, add another 15%. Oh, you're going to have to buy ads. So let's add another 4%. Now we're up to what? $11.38? Now go see what... What's the competition selling their jump drive for? Because you know, no matter what, your price has got to be $11.38. <laughs> yeah, I love that that perspective. I think it's an exercise that's really important, especially if you are like a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're side hustlers who are aspiring to take their business full time. What yeah. are some of those key things that folks need to be thinking about as they're planning that transition? Well, number one, remember that your day job is still your number one priority. You do not want to do anything to jeopardize the day job. The next thing you got to think about is time management. How are you going to organize your time so that you can still do what you got to do for your job, but be able to have time for your business? Can you do flex time? I mean, a lot of us are working from home and stuff now. Can you work seven to three and then have your afternoons? Can you work four days and have Fridays off? Like, How can you organize yourself to get more time during the day to do what you want to do, right? Then you've got to think about, okay, what am I going to offer? Am I going to focus on a bunch of things I'm selling or am I going to focus on one thing? I would say let's specialize in one thing first to get your sea legs, to see who your customers really are, to learn pricing, to figure out who the vendors are. Because we all know supply chain is a mess right now. So if you're buying products, you got to have two vendors for everything because one of them can let you down. So you want to make sure that you really are clear about who that target customer is. Real important and how you're going to reach them. Are you going to start podcasting? Are you going to do blog posts? Are you going to do videos on TikTok? What are you doing? 
right? How are you going to reach your customers? How are you going to educate your customers about the value of your product or service or whatever else they're struggling with? You've got to figure all of that out. And then you've got to figure out your time. And then who's going to be your help? Who's going to help you at home with your children or you might have an elderly parent? And then who's going to help you in your business? you got to get a VA or a sales rep, somebody who can do a business meeting maybe during the day while you're at work, right? So you've got to figure all of this stuff out and it's a lot. And you also have to figure out who you can tell your secret to because everybody is not going to be happy for you. Mm -hmm. And then you got to figure out do you have a supportive partner or spouse? Because a unsupportive spouse can kill a business faster than a bad marketing plan. Yeah. So if you know you are married to somebody who is highly risk averse, I would treat them like they are the bank. I would literally, I would have a PowerPoint presentation. I would break it down. I would explain all of the areas, like how long that you thought it was going to take you to, to, you know, to build this business. And by the way, give yourself six months longer than you think it's going to be. <laughs> um, because your sweetie is going to hold you to that date is mm -hmm. my point. You also need to talk about what kind of support you need from them. Do you need them to start running the kids around on Saturdays and doing, you know, doing drop off and pick up more because you got to be at the shop building, whatever you're building on Saturdays or taking over the basement or the garage is the business. And you also have to make sure that you treat your family as your number one customer. Mm. You know, you've got, even if you're working to, you got to figure out how to have dinner. You got to still figure out how to do date night once a week. You still got to do that stuff because I've seen a lot of business owners end up successful with no family, with no relationship, Ooh. even with their kids. Yep. Yep. So That's you want to make sure that your family knows why you're working so hard. Have a meeting. Give your kids a job in the business. Have them shred papers. Give them a couple bucks, right? It's, it, but just have them understand why mommy's working so hard. I mean, I have mm -hmm. one son. He is now 16 years old. But I remember when he was little and he would come and put his little face on the side of my computer. Mommy, mm -hmm. can I talk to you? <laughs> and I'd be like, wait a minute, I got to finish this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I had to do what I had to do. I was a single yeah. mom. You know what I mean? So I think that we have to be honest with our kids and we have to not beat ourselves up so much because that mom guilt stuff is real. Mm. And so you have to get some strong allies and and sister entrepreneurs kind of around you. You have to build what I call, you know, that kitchen cabinet of advisors. You know, these are five people that are invested in your success. Someone should be an existing entrepreneur. Somebody else should be a potential customer or existing customer. You need somebody who's a mentor who has nothing to do with business. Like this is like your emotional support mentor. <laughs> and then you need someone who's a lawyer and someone's an accountant. And if you had the opportunity to go to college, you may know someone who's a lawyer and accountant. I actually happen to have them in my own family, but don't tell anybody they are the last people on earth I like to take advice from. <laughs> but I think that it's important to have people you can call and ask a question. And so I call this group of people a kitchen cabinet of advisors because these people will work for food. They are not telling you, oh yeah, I'm going to send you a bill for that. Mm -hmm. But you got to be careful because if this group of people give you advice that you don't take, ugh, like you could like destroy a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love your advice, Melinda. I, I can tell you've seen it all as a business Girl, owner. Girl, I have. I mean, I, can tell. I mean, I'm glad that I'm alive to tell the story, but I've seen some <laughs> stuff. 
But I'm also grateful because I have the opportunity to live my dream every day as an entrepreneur. Mm. And so what I do through my business is try to give other people the opportunity to do that and tell them all my ancient Chinese secrets, everything I know about how to be in business or what not to do, what to do or what not to do. I yeah. try to do that. And so that's, that's really, you know, my mission is to end small business failure. And that's what I'm about. I love it. Okay. So I know that, you know, as business owners, I think there's like this, we're almost workaholics, right? And I think we have to own yeah. that. Now, what does self-care look like for you? Because I think as entrepreneurs, and I will speak for myself, I'm terrible at work-life balance sometimes. And it's a very deliberate exercise that I need to schedule time for myself and, and not feel like I always need to be hustling. What does that look like for you? Well, for one, it's going for a walk. Like it's getting out of these four walls. I mean, I've worked from home for the last nine years. And so these walls can close in on you sometimes. So just getting out, going for a walk. I took up golf. I belong to a nine hole women's league. So when, now that it's spring, you know, on Tuesday mornings, I'm out there for, you know, from nine to 12 and I do my nine holes and, and that's about all I can, I can't really be out there for 18 holes. I'm not interested that much, but I did it just to get a hobby. Like, cause I was, I was a horrible workaholic. And I remember what that was like when I ran my video production company and I was like, I don't want to be that lady anymore. And I needed to learn something new and I needed to figure out a way to, you know, get some exercise because there's too many entrepreneurs that are overweight with diabetes and everything else. So I took up golfing. I get 90 minute deep tissue massages every three to four weeks. I believe in taking vacations. I try to take at least four a year. I do, you know, one or two with my son and one or two with my girls and one or two with my sweetie. You know what I mean? So I try to rest myself. I work really hard. My team works really hard, but I try to make sure that we rest, that we do last two weeks of the year. We are off. Everybody is off. And those things are important to me because I believe that when we got to bust it, we bust it. But when we got to rest, we got to rest. And so those are things that I learned over time. There was a time when I was the worst workaholic you ever met. <laughs> there was a time when I got rushed to the hospital when I was 30 years old with IBS because I was a soda drinking, fast food eating, never eat a salad chick. And I'm the complete opposite now. I love tomatoes and cucumbers, right? You know, <laughs> and so it takes some life <laughs> for you to be like, oh, okay, your body will stop you. Your body yeah. will scream at you and you need to pay attention. But getting out there, going for a walk without technology, like just going for a walk, not going for a walk with a podcast in my ear, but like just going for a 30 to 35 minute walk every day. It has done wonders for me. You, you'd be amazed how many amazing ideas I come up with while I'm on my walk. The other thing I do is I've taken up yoga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love yoga. Um, I'm not into the hot yoga or any of that business, but I, but I will do yoga. It just does something to just kind of calm you down. And it gives me somewhere to be like seven o'clock. 
on Tuesdays, leave me alone. I'm at, <laughs> y'all know where I'm at. I'm out the door. You know where I'm going. You that know, disconnection so. is really important because if you don't walk away from the work, it will oh, consume you. I tell you the other thing too, you got to watch this. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't sleep with this at my head. Mm-hmm. After a certain time of night, I plug up my phone downstairs and I go upstairs and I'm old school. I still have a house phone. So if you really, you know, if it's really an emergency, you can call that number if you know it. But I mean, I just think that we can turn these things into leashes if we're not careful. And so those are like some of the things that I do just to try to, you know, woo side out. I love it. I love that advice. And I want to end the show with your best inspirational tip for Folks who right now are in that grind phase that you remember when you were first starting, what do you have to tell them to stay encouraged? You know, I think my best advice I can give is this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. And failing doesn't make you a failure. It means that that day you didn't win, but you can live to win next day. Mm. That is so powerful. Melinda, I appreciate your messaging so much. I want folks to find out more about you. Let us know where we can follow you and learn all the things that there are about small business. Well, I am small biz lady. That is small B-I-Z lady on every social media platform, even TikTok. And my website is succeedasyourownboss.com. And of course, you can grab my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months anywhere books are sold. Fabulous. Thank you so much to you for being here. And also thank you to Verizon for sponsoring this episode. We want you to check out all their amazing resources. You can go to verizon.com slash digital ready. Take advantage of these resources, y'all, because from two entrepreneurs, we're telling you right now, like you have it so good. If you are starting right here, right now in 2022 with all of these free, amazing resources, grant opportunities, mentorship, coaching. I mean, they got it all. So please go and check that out. And we'll definitely link that in the episode show notes so you can take a look as well. Thank you, Melinda, for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa.
On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.